You were listening to episode 120 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we bid a sorrowful farewell to love in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge. Ryan, coming in with the tongue twisters today for uh, the Inflation Deflation intro. So... This week, dude, we've got a pretty interesting lineup of stuff to talk about. Uh, The first one being that Nintendo is neglecting the Switch. I think we can all agree on that. The Nintendo Direct and, of course, the Mortal Kombat trailer came out. So it's going to be some pretty good stuff. But, as always, recent pickups. Nothing! Nothing for Ryan. So I'll start. Uh, Last week I picked up Gloomhaven. And, uh, well, not Gloomhaven, the full thing. I got Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, uh, which is kind of a prequel to that. And... As people know on here, we enjoy some D&D, and it's pretty similar to D&D, with hexes and minis and everything else. And uh, Gloomhaven itself was on sale for about 97 bucks on Amazon, so I picked it up, and dude, that is the heaviest damn thing I've ever picked up for a board game. I know, I wish we had time this morning to go through it, because it's a big, heavy box, and I want to know its secrets. Well... If we finish this episode in time, we might be able to bust it open and get through, like, maybe a fraction of it. Just Some secrets. Some secrets. Not all of them. We need Frodo here somewhere. <laughs> Keep your secrets. We need a burglar. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I picked up that. And then also Founders of Gloomhaven. So this was an interesting one. And Amazon, I didn't know, did this. So I told you earlier that I picked up Gloomhaven. And of course, Founders of Gloomhaven happened to be on there, and it's like a resource-building game similar to, like, Catan, from what I understand. So I could be wrong. If there's any board game aficionados on here that are going to yell at me, realize I've only seen a couple bits of information on this, and it was just too good of a deal to pass up. So normally the game is, like, 75 bucks, roughly, and Amazon had it sitting at, like, 45 and I was like, alright, that's cool, but I'm not going to buy it, until I scrolled down and saw used like new for $15 free shipping. Gotta buy it. Like, at that point, with one copy at that price point, you gotta buy it. See, guys, John can find a deal anywhere. Anywhere. Even Amazon. Dude, I mean, I could have picked up Gloomhaven for $75 used, but it wasn't, like, you know, Gloomhaven-like new versus this, like, resource-building game-like new. And also, it said that the Gloomhaven packaging was damaged on that one. So, I'm like, how damaged are we talking? Are we talking a tear? Are we talking a big punch to the side because somebody got angry that it was too expensive and they couldn't learn to play it correctly? Like, what are we looking at here? And uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? It's 20 bucks more to get a brand new copy shipped to my door for Gloomhaven. Let me just pick that up. So See, that's why I could never buy something like this because, like... I just know that I would never play it enough to be able to justify the price. It just would never happen. Well, I mean... I mean, I can hardly do that with video games. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that we wouldn't have to play it every now and then. So, like, I would... and But the other thing is, like, I could play two-player, too. So, my wife and I can play this with, you know, just ourselves and, mm-hmm. and hang back and it's not a big deal. Plus, we have the game now, so we can play it now. We can play it 10 years down the road. It's going to be the same game no matter yeah. what. Uh, so, if we have kids or something that's... You know, we could play with them. So there's um, there's some options, I think, uh, for that game. And, of course, Frosthaven is going to be coming out, I think, in the next year or so. Uh, so I know there's, like, a Kickstarter or something going on for that one. And it's supposed to be even more complex and bigger than Gloomhaven. So, yeah, that's going to be pretty crazy. Wow. But, dude, the games look phenomenal. And they're so well put together from, from what I've seen. And I'm excited just to, like, crack it open and have that at my disposal. Oh, yeah. Should anybody want to play, or if we just want to play... I mean, I could play it by myself. I mean, one to four players. Like, why not? There you go. So, yeah. All right. And then, uh, currently playing... Of course, I am still playing Apex Legends. Dude, I didn't win a single match this week. Dude, neither did I. I'm so jealous. I I just started working again this week. I've been out of job since the end of last year for everybody. But I'm back into job And that means I am back out of the daily rotation of Apex Legends, unfortunately. And I miss it. Well, I mean, I'm in a nightly rotation. It's just that Ryan goes to bed at old man hours. Yeah, I know. Dude, uh, I got in... I got in, like, four matches a couple days ago in the morning before I left, playing some Gibraltar games, and I was doing okay, but nothing special. Well, I typically... You know you gotta quit out when you 
wind up solo queuing on accident and it's just like all right i'm done i gotta get in the shower and get ready for work how the hell did you solo so you queued in solo no like i queued in everybody picked their person and then i was just me dropping out of the ship somehow <laughs> so i quit randomly in the morning yeah i guess they all had the same issue uh yeah i mean i played last night probably about 15 20 matches didn't win a single one i actually had two people on my team that were level 500 and I was holding my ground with them like it wasn't a problem. Like, that that wasn't a big deal. It's just the situations we were put in just weren't very good. We I think we finished top 5 and top 10 on almost every single match. So it's not like we weren't doing well. And we were kill leader multiple times and had numerous kills uh, throughout each of our matches. But, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like, we had one situation where we were pinched in between two teams in Olympus. And they were fighting on this bridge, and we were at the top, so we had high ground, but the ring was shrinking to where we had to go where they were. Mm-hmm. And so in trying to get around to them, we got pinched. in the pro- Like, somehow they double-teamed us. Instead of killing each other, they teamed up and killed us. So there was that situation. And then we also had, like, no shields and no health, which didn't help. Uh, and then the other one, we were in the ring in Olympus, the boxing ring. And I was trying to tell them, like, hey, they're doing a firefight, we need to pinch them, let's go around, we'll pinch them up top, and then we'll take the win. Like, no, no, let's just stay in the ring here. Well, we stayed in the ring, and I'm not kidding you, it was like 10 minutes of us just like running around in a ring in circles while this other group was outside, and we just waited for the ring to fully kind of collapse in on itself to where it was no ring. And we ended up losing that one as well. Just because they had like more health than you or something? I guess the ring hit us at the right time, and they might have punched us or something, which would have... I don't know. I don't think pun- no punching would have done anything. So yeah, we just got hit by the ring first, and they got hit second, and we just placement. It just didn't work out to where we would have you know no not problem. died. But it was interesting overall. Uh, I've never been in a no ring scenario. I mean, it was just it was a no ring scenario primarily because we were in that boxing ring, and if they were to come in, we would have punched them yeah. and taken them out because they have to come in one you know one at a time, and then we would have just gone outside immediately after which uh-huh. would have forced them to not be able to heal while in there and then we could have took them out yeah so they were like well we'll just hang out outside the ring and my teammates were like yeah whatever but it was a fun match like we had a good time and um we had interesting some... ring strats yeah it was uh it was definitely interesting so anyway i was playing that and uh played that most of the week as well as jade cocoon of course continued to play that a bit it's still like i said level grinding um i tried to go for that boss a second time still crushed me even though my uh, my monsters are like level 16 now. So I just got to keep pumping them up and go from there, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, God, I don't have any trivia. I keep forgetting to get you trivia. We'll get it. We'll get it. So our first article this week is, uh, I guess we'll talk about the Nintendo Direct. Nintendo Direct! So Ryan, you actually watched it. I didn't watch it. I saw the, uh, really the anger on Facebook from, or really the fallout, I guess you should say, on Facebook from everybody just kind of pissed off that this was a terrible Nintendo Direct well, and Nintendo's only doing remakes it's and remasters. Been so long. I did not realize, but it's been since September 2019, over 500 days since the last like first party major Nintendo Direct. Everything else has just been like uh third party really? stuff or, huh. yeah. or indie world or whatever that they yeah. do. Yeah. Huh. So that's that was interesting and I could see like I mean Everybody really wanted some Breath of the Wild 2 stuff, and it wasn't, it just wasn't there. Um, I will say, and I made you watch it, I made a couple people watch it, and I think we can all agree that while nobody, I mean, Pyra is cool, I didn't really like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I think I just talked about it on the podcast that I got suckered into buying that by Liam from Dad and Sons on their podcast. And I did not like the game. Uh, but that was a great, like, fake-out opening for the Direct. I really like that. They always do a good job with their Smash announcements. Kudos to that being good, even if it's not really a character anybody was really excited to have in the game. It at least looks like a cool character, I guess. You know, it's unique, it's different, it's two characters in one, kind of. Kind of like Sheik and Zelda used to be. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I... In watching Nintendo Direct, I agree with you. It was a pretty cool fake out that they did. And, uh, I mean, I, I saw it coming, of course, because I'd already seen the announcement that, knew, yeah. that they were in Smash. So I'm like, oh, this is a Smash Bros. Like, that's the first thing I saw. I was like, oh, it's a Smash Bros. Int- uh, entrance. But 
you know, at the end of the day, like, it's just more Smash... Like, every Nintendo Direct, it seems, is, here's another Smash character well, you can add to this. for people that are keeping up with it. I haven't yeah. gotten any Smash DLC, so it doesn't really matter to me that much. Yeah, I mean, it, I haven't even purchased Smash uh, yet, because I just don't have anybody to play it with. Um, <clears throat> and I don't want to play online through Nintendo, just because I've heard, you know, terrible things on their, the quality of their you know, internet service. And of course we'll talk about that a little bit. And it's, it's been fine for me. I mean, it's your own thing. Like you're using your own service. There's not like servers. It's well, yeah. Here. And, well, yeah, exactly. So you're relying on somebody else's network to be, it's good. usually, it's usually okay. Yeah. I mean, it, I would say it's usually okay. I'm sure and you could but, do like local. Yeah, I guess you could, but you know, at the end of the day, it's not like a Sony or Microsoft service. And I, I get that's why the price is probably cheaper. Cause they haven't don't we played together before online. No, just Smash? Yeah, I mean, we I don't think we played Ultimate together, but we played Smash together, yeah. Yeah. Pac-Man, remember? I always yeah. play my Pac-Man. At least on the um, the Wii U version, which I like. I like the Wii U version. But yeah, so, really kind of long story short of this, they had a lot of interesting announcements. Uh, the biggest one being um, Zelda Skyward Sword. So the remake version, I guess, or remaster, whatever you want to call it. Can I just run through my list? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, dude. I wrote down... I wrote down a list of tiny notes as I was going through the direct. So In I'll his tiny notebook, by the way. Yeah. So, Mario Golf. John, you were watching the trailer. You thought the same thing I did. Uh, if anybody watches Scott the Waz stuff on YouTube, he did a video about, I think it was the Wii U Mario Tennis, how when they showed that off at E3, it was like, oh, yeah, this looks okay. And then they just never added any other features, and it looked boring as hell. This trailer at first made me think of that. Like, it looked boring as hell. Like, okay, we get it. It does all the golf stuff that golf games do. And it was just so dry and boring. And then at the end, they were like, oh, it's got this speed golf mode. It's got a story mode. And it really brought it back and made it seem like, okay, this is actually going to be pretty cool. So I was stoked for that. Um, Monster Hunter Rise, totally going to be dope. Great trailer there. Excited. No More Heroes 3, I've not played any of the No More Heroes games, so I really don't have anything really to say about it much. Uh, I think it looks okay-ish. I know that the DS game that came out that was like a bunch of different game styles in one, it looks kind of like that where it's going to have a bunch of stuff going on. So if you like that one, I guess. Um, Neon White. I thought that that looked really interesting. I don't know if it's going to be like a deck builder thing or how exactly the card mechanics are going to work, but if it has some depth to it, I dig the aesthetics. I dig that it has, uh, John, you're good with voice actors. Spike Spiegel. Spike Spiegel. Um, God. Oh, uh, that's uh, Crispin Freeman, I think, isn't it? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, uh, his voice, dope. Um... This one I had a weird opinion on that I don't know about. DC Superhero Girls. Like, I don't know. I guess that's okay for a thing to be out there. It It's not offensive. It's good for girls to have, like, their own superhero game, I guess. That's cool. Um, a Plants vs. Zombies? Like... Oh, it's uh, uh, Steve Bloom. Steve Bloom. Yeah. Um, Plants vs. Zombies has, like, some... MOBA or something that's getting ported over to Switch. And I guess it's a big deal because it's going to be the Frostbite engine moving over to Switch, which means that if that's successful, they can start to move over stuff like Madden and whatnot. So that could be a good entryway. But, like, how the hell did Plants vs. Zombies get to the point where it's got, like, a third-person action MOBA game with, like, HD graphics... That's getting ported over from like PC and PS4 and stuff to Switch. Like that's just so weird. Like Plants vs Zombies was such a simple 2D little time kill thing. Yo, like, well the question is like, how is that even still a thing? Yeah. Like I just, yeah, it, it's just lame. Um, Mario stuff in Animal Crossing, super dope, super awesome. Do more of that. Do some of that for the Pokemon anniversary. Give me Pokemon stuff in Animal Crossing. It did. It's a McDonald's. It's a 25th anniversary packs you can't purchase. Give me Zelda stuff, dude. Oh, uh, 
That's a whole separate thing on itself. I I don't know much about that. I just know that Jim Sterling made a video on Monday talking about how we as adults have ruined Christmas for children now because we buy all the stuff that's made for children and we just ruin children's lives now. I mean, but they have social media. 30, so who cares? 35th anniversary of stuff to me sounds like it's an anniversary for you. Yeah. Not for a kid, for you. Um, Project Triangle Strategy, I have seen the trailer multiple times now. I think that it is very, I mean, it's very utilitarian. Like, they're telling you all the systems and stuff. Like, I get that it is good to let people know what's in the game, but it's like, I just don't know that you have to, like, say in the trailer that it's like, Combat takes place on multiple elevations, and you can have more range with your bow characters by putting them on a higher elevation. Like that's just a little like. It's basically I'm short of saying. Tell. It's it's short of them saying this is a tactical RPG, which I think they do say that. Yeah, but that looks really cool. I mean, we just got Octopath Traveler a few weeks ago, so I mean, who knows? Maybe if we wait a few years, we'll be able to pick this up for ten bucks also. Yeah, who knows, man, at this rate. Like, there's so many cheap games nowadays. I've not played any of the Ninja Gaiden games, but the Ninja Gaiden Sigma collection, that seems like a really good deal. I actually... Three, like, HD reports of Ninja Gaiden from, like, the Xbox. That was, like, Xbox 360 era stuff, right? Uh, yeah, and they, PS3 had a Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Okay. I, so I think it was Sigma. Those are supposed to be, like, really hard games, right? Uh, yes, Ninja Gaiden Sigma, I think. Uh, no, I mean, it depends on how you take it. Like, I've, I never found them to be hard. Like, maybe the first ones on the Nintendo, like the original Nintendo. Because I know there's, like, some meme about, like, you fight a tank, and then immediately after you fight two of the same tank again or something. Uh, I don't remember, but I know I beat the Ninja Gaiden games on the, like, original Xbox and the uh, PS3 when it was on there. So, I... I like them. That seems like a really cool thing that I I don't know. I never heard anybody guessing that that was going to happen. So kudos for that, I guess, for no, people I, that are excited. And then you also had a Ninja Gaiden game that was on uh, the Wii U, too. So it, they've had several in the most recent years. But I I mean, I've, I've always heard that the first three are hard, like on the Nintendo, the original Nintendo. I haven't played those, but I've played a lot of the, uh, the, the more modern ones. versions. And I enjoyed them. I, I liked them a lot, actually. Um, Skyward Sword HD. We got to talk about it. I think it was such a disappointing thing for him to get up there and be like, we know that you want to hear about Breath of the Wild 2. It's not going to happen. Here's Skyward Sword. Like, Skyward Sword had such a bad reception, but I don't know if it was just because of the motion controls, because I never played it. But I feel like all of these, like, Wii U games that have been getting ports over have been doing so well that, like, if they've changed the motion controls to where you can play the game without them entirely, or they've they've also made it so you can use the Joy-Cons, maybe if the controls work better, maybe it is a good game, and giving people a second chance at it will redeem it, and it'll be better than what people thought, but I just know that, in general, Skyward Sword is not the most beloved Zelda game. No, it isn't. Like, that was part of what I was reading on <clears throat> a lot of Facebook posts and such after the fact was just anger towards the fact that, oh, well, that's probably, like, my least favorite Zelda game. We want Breath of the Wild too. Like, there's a lot of frustration tied to that. And the one key thing, because I haven't played it, the one key thing that I've always heard is, like, the motion controls suck and, like, that kind of ruins the game. Uh, but, I mean, it looks good. So, I mean, if, if the story is okay and your biggest hang-up was motion controls then, you know, yeah, it's coming on to the Switch, which has motion controls, but you do have the ability to not do motion controls. So, whereas with the Wii, you kind of, almost everything had some sort of motion control capability for the most part. So, I yeah, like, it's basically a wand all yeah. the damn time. So, I, I think this will be a little different. I think reception is kind of, you know, hard right now, but, or, you know, it's hitting it pretty bad right now. But I think at the end of the day, people are going to still buy this game. I mean, it's it's a Nintendo game. It's Zelda 35th anniversary. They have those Joy-Cons everybody's going crazy about. Those, were, those are going to be sold out. They're already sold out. And they're already on eBay for like 300 bucks. So that's been scalped to hell. So right when you think Nintendo's doing a good job releasing these 35th anniversary products and just loading the market with it, uh, they go ahead and release a controller that they will likely not have a whole ton of you know, at launch. Who, who knows? Yeah, could be wrong. Could have a ton of them out. But 
Uh, it's a little different to put out a Joy-Con versus, you know, a game yeah, and having and a cart. The final thing, um, the one more thing, the closing thing, uh, very odd Splatoon 3 trailer. Yeah. Just th- like, they it's no all longer... deserty and it's got weird fish people on the bus. Like, I've not played any Splatoon Hardly at all. Like so I played we should play it, a couple times. We should play it next Smash. week then, because I've got Splatoon One. We can play on the Wii U. But it's just like I don't know that. I mean, I know that people dig on it, and they've done like a really good job. I mean, it came out around the same time as, um, well, Splatoon came out on the Wii U, so during the PS3 era, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, I mean, is now like appropriate time for like a third entry. Well, I mean, it has Splatoon one. I don't remember if two was on the Wii U, but I know it was on two the was switch. On switch. Yeah. Well, they didn't, they release Splatoon one on the Wii on the switch as well. I don't remember. I don't remember, I don't remember if they did, uh, but I mean, that kind of gives you an idea. Like it's just not something I've followed. Yeah. Um, it's you know, just, but, it wasn't exciting for me. I could see maybe for people that are into that, maybe for like a younger generation or just people that pick that game up, this could be, have been the like, Oh yeah, it's just I don't see a lot of but it, stuff. It's, it's frustrating because it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna release Splatoon three on the you know Switch, but like, let's not put out a new Metroid game yet. Let's not put out a Star Fox game. Like, there's a variety of things that they could have put out on this console already, but they're focusing on Splatoon. Yeah. Like, I get it; they want to bolster those additional parties, and you know, everybody's saying, oh, we don't want another Mario game. Like, we're sick of all these Mario games. And so, kudos to Nintendo to putting out new stuff. But at the end of the day, there is a large part of your fan base who wants to have those same games and like new worlds and, you know, kind of expand on it and give us different, you know, experiences. So it's kind of frustrating to not see like an F-Zero or a Star Fox or, you know, some other. Dude, I don't know that we'll something ever get other an F- F-Zero. I think we played the last F-Zero game. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But I mean, there's there's other things that Nintendo could be doing. Did we play GX on the GameCube? Uh, I know we played it on the 64. I don't think we played on the GameCube. Yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, this Nintendo Direct was primarily remakes and, I guess, ports along with, uh, you know, Smash Bros. characters. You know, that's all it really was. And I think that's what disappointed people the most is you're expecting Breath of the Wild 2. You want to get, like, that bigger game uh, out there right now. And here's, you know, a port from a Wii game from, like, within the last 10 years type of thing. Like, I could see where people are frustrated. I heard a, a really good point on uh, Spawn Wave. They asked um, if they had announced Breath of the Wild 2, would that have been enough to change your opinion to say that it was a at least a decent or even a good direct? Well, I mean, like, can that one big thing make up for like, I mean, all the stuff that I went over was like all the stuff that I thought was like interesting or at least worth commenting. But there was at least 10 games that I didn't mention at all. Like there was the uh, uh, Famicom Detective Club remake. And I mean, that looks great for people that are into that genre of game or people that I don't know if that game was ever ported over or if this is the first release in international markets. I don't know if it was like a Japanese only release originally, but like somebody's got to be excited for it somewhere. I just don't have anything to say about it because it's not anything I'm ever going to be interested in playing for the most part. So I would say to you that if a Breath of the Wild 2 announcement was made, what it would do is not necessarily make it better. It would overshadow the other like issues that people might have had. So if we're talking like a Ninja Gaiden game and, you know, say Zelda Breath or um, Skyward Sword was still announced, right? And you had Splatoon 3 and say it was a lackluster lineup in general, Breath of the Wild 2, I think, ends up being talked about heavily. So it just overshadows all the other negative stuff people would have said about the Nintendo Direct and their focus would be on that new game. Mm -hmm. So I would say, yes, it would have made it better but not for the reason of its entirety, more so on, you know, just the fact that it overshadows the rest. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that being said, Nintendo is, you know, doing what they're doing. And um, at the end of the day, we're still a little disappointed. So let's talk about what Nintendo's not doing. Yeah. So Nintendo is neglecting the Switch. This is by uh, Robert and Dio at Gameverse. And uh, I think we've covered a few uh, 
articles by them in the past. This is an absolute brilliant teardown talking about all the garbage that's wrong with the Switch that I really don't think matters in the face of their like 80 million units sold or whatever. Like everybody wants a Switch and you can hardly find them still years later. Like it's, it's a miracle. Like this thing is just doing so well. Like it should be disappointing, but I think the utility of the switch is just so good. And it's just so it, the switch never does anything that really stops you in your tracks. It just makes things frustrating in a way that's disappointing, but that's not a big enough stopping point for people. Like you're going to buy a switch. You're going to be happy with it. You might miss the Nintendo charms. Like he talks in this article a lot about stuff like, you know, remember the, the Wii music. You remember how everything had like a different song and all these like nice things. Like the switch doesn't have any of that. It would be really nice and charming if it did. But for all the people that bought one, just because they were like, oh, I don't know, I'm locked in my house and games. Like, you spend most of your time playing the games. Like, the utility of the Switch and the fact that it just works and doesn't have any real problems. Like, it doesn't get into the way, like, you're not really missing that 10 seconds of music when you turn it on and go to the menu and click on what you want. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, like, in general, I, I don't really miss that either the whole like intro music or like sitting on the screen and having the Wii sounds in the background or to me sounds, I mean the background and like them running around in circles on like the Wii U. So, but it is uh, very Nintendo. Like I miss the fact that Nintendo isn't doing that because I want Nintendo to be doing that because I feel it's good for them. It's good for, for, for them to be creative in those ways because most of the other companies aren't putting that effort in and aren't really looking to to be charming in those ways that we expect Nintendo to charm us. Yeah. No, and I, and I agree with you, man. At the end of the day, though, it's for me, it's not really a deal breaker. And to your point, it's a utility, right? Like, I just want to get to the gaming and have some fun, and that's kind of about it. I don't, I don't really care about all the other stuff. What I do care about, though, is some of the, the really bad things that they have going on. So for example, when I was playing Gris the other day, I was capturing screenshots throughout and saying, okay, cool. I'll get some screenshots. I'll throw it on our Instagram. I'll put it on Twitter and Facebook, which by the way, of course, go find us on there at game deflators and at the game deflators. As good, well as our good podcast. segue there. Well Those are great plug, right? Well, you just ruined it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then of course our podcast, you know, go find that on uh, the game and all the podcast applications out there that we always talk about weekly. But yeah, so I was trying to find, uh, you know, get screenshots and put them on those different pages for everybody. And here's what I ended up having to do. It was, I don't know if you've done screenshots yet and tried to share them on a social media network, but you can't share it directly into social media network is what I was having issues with. And when you want to send it. So if I want to send it to an email, for example, I have to scan a QR code on the actual switch itself go to a website on my phone, but not just any website. I have to hook up to my Nintendo separate Wi-Fi system that is on there. So my own network basically on the switch. So I have to disconnect from my personal internet to go onto the switches network. So the switch broadcasts a network the that switch, you have to log yeah, on to. It broadcasts a network through my service that I have to log into. So I go into there. I have to insert like a code or something. I then go and scan another QR code and then it lets me send it to myself. Like it allows, no, it allows me to download the pictures. Basically I can't send it. So you go on a separate page and you're like, all right, copies, you know, save images, however many. It puts you on like a separate server or something, I guess. I don't know. I don't know all the technical components. All I know is I had to scan two QR codes. I had to log into a different network and do all of this just to get it. Whereas with Sony, it's share to Facebook yep. or send you a message. You just like link your account or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you link your account and you're like, all right, cool. Like send it to myself or whatever. Or let me access my images or whatever I have to do on my PlayStation app. Like that's all you do. I haven't done it on Xbox because I don't own a new Xbox or an Xbox One. But I imagine it's probably pretty intuitive yeah, as well. They've really built those multimedia, social media aspects into the controllers. I mean, Stadia has like a 
a share button built into its controller as well, if I remember right. Well, and what I was reading in that article is it was like, yeah, this only came out like in the last year, this ability to like share those images. So what the hell were people doing with screenshots before? Like, hey, friends and family, come sit down on the couch and I'll show you my screenshots on my TV from this game I play. Or maybe you would save it onto a SD card and then pop the SD card out into your computer. Maybe, but again, like what a pain in the ass is that process, right? I mean, and even before that, uh, we all know Nintendo's long history with, I mean, like you were talking about earlier, you know, trying to play online with peer-to-peer servers, um, having to use friend codes instead of having like, you know, an actual like friend system yeah it's like i don't know maybe it's a cultural aspect this one was the weirdest one that i read in this article so apparently the switch launched with a themes function but has never introduced themes really yeah it says there's been an option to set themes from launch but no themes exist like that was a huge thing in ds like that was one of like the more frequent things you could spend your Nintendo rewards coins on was themes for your DS on the My Nintendo website. And I know they've gone through and like overhauled a lot of that stuff. And I go through and look every once in a while to see what's on there. I don't buy enough games to really make enough coins to buy anything. But like I have enough coins in there that if there was like a dope theme, I would buy a dope theme. I like themes. Yeah, I mean, I do it with Sony all the time. Like, I've got my God of War theme, my Ghost of Tsushima theme, my Last of Us themes, like, Uncharted themes. Like, I've got all these themes I've always picked up. And uh, one of the cool things with, like, the PS3, for example, is you could download custom themes that people made and upload it to your PS3 and use custom themes. I don't know if you could do custom with the PS4. I mean, imagine you can. Uh, but, yeah, like, themes are cool. Like, it's a lot... It. It it's a little your, bit more you. Yeah, exactly. It makes your system a little more unique. And the fact that Nintendo hasn't put that into play when there are existing consoles in the market that have themes and have for years, mm-hmm. you'd think that that's been, that would be done already. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they're behind the game on a lot of stuff, obviously. He um, also points out in the article, and this is something that everybody basically said from the beginning, but like one, two, three switch should have been a pack in. Yeah. Like, Nintendo has always done so well whenever they've had a pack-in. And nobody's, like, I guarantee you now, when people buy a Switch, they're not buying 1-2-3 Switch. When the Switch launched, people bought 1-2-3 Switch. Because it was the only game. Yeah, and now people might pick it up if they see it used or something. But I doubt anybody is buying a new Switch and a new copy of 1-2-3 Switch, and they're like... Going home happy with that purchase. Well, it's kind of like the Wii U. The Wii U had uh, Nintendo Land, which really wasn't that good. Like, I bought it for like eight or nine dollars when it was out. And I'm like, oh, you know, let's go ahead and play this when we get home. It was horrible. It wasn't even worth my time. Like, people swear by it and say, like, it's a good game, but I didn't have any fun of it. Mm-hmm. Not a one pack and I did have was my uh, Zelda edition Wii U. I had Wind Waker that came with it. That was a great you know, edition. Well, that was like a and bundle a, pack. Yeah, no, but it, I mean, it was still good. It had a digital copy of Wind Waker in there. It's actually the only digital game I really ever play. Uh, and it had a nice like themed console and everything like that was a really cool, like bundle pack in type of situation. Whereas nowadays we just haven't had anything crazy like that. Like we've had a few like that they've done recently, but like at launch now, like you just had one, two, three switch. And I think you've had maybe Mario Kart eight once or twice. The other bizarro thing that I don't know if you guys know, but you'll know if you've seen it online, people talk about it, and he doesn't mention it in here, but the kickstands for the Switch are only black. Really? Yeah. So, like, that new red Mario Switch Mm -hmm. is a black kickstand. Well, isn't the console itself black or no? No. I know that the dock is, like, red or something. No, everything's red. Really? And the controllers are blue, but all Switch kickstands are black. Huh. Like that, I've heard mentioned before. It might have been Spawnwave that mentioned that too. That like Nintendo could have made a fortune just selling like five dollar whatever color kickstand, just like every color kickstand, and put them out there, or ones that have like a little mushroom on them or a little star on them. Like just sell five dollar little kickstands. People would have bought those up. Yeah, but they only have that. Like there's so much, there's so much potential to just dig money out of people through Nintendo charm and to have made the switch like really modern, but it just seems like they really held themselves back in a lot of ways. And we're still seeing that. So it's like, 
as much as we want a more powerful next gen switch, I think that looking at everything in this article, you could really see how besides more power, just a little bit more sensibility, modern sensibility could be brought to, you know, a next gen switch or something to finally bring Nintendo fully into the same realm as all the other console manufacturers as far as, you know, having dedicated servers for their players, having dedicated friends lists and online chat systems, uh, connections to social media, um, solid support for, you know, these other systems and things and really let Nintendo do things the way that we expect them to do and that kind of level of quality we expect from Nintendo. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's Nintendo and whatever Nintendo makes tends to print money. So I think at this point, if they're not hurting, they're not going to really do anything that uh, we're going to be happy about or, or really want for that matter. So something like, you know, a Breath of the Wild 2 or a special edition console, you know, I mean, we've got special edition consoles, but, you know, specific things that fans are clamoring for, I don't think we'll ever really see from Nintendo because why would they care? Their consoles are selling, their games are selling. They can pretty much print money at any point by just throwing out a new collectible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for them, it's like whatever. Do like, they still make Amiibo? They do. But like... I guess in a sense, like we as consumers can kind of force that innovation from Nintendo and get them to do stuff. But the only way we're going to do that is to not buy their products. And unfortunately, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. So let's move into the next thing here, dude. Uh, you know, we'll just kind of cover it on our overall thoughts and we don't have to be too long. You know, the new Mortal Kombat trailer came out. Mortal Kombat! It is dun, 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 dun. <laughs> an origin story, essentially. Like a, another origin story yet again for a video game type movie which oh by the way speaking of video game movies i saw monster hunter the other day was it bad no it was actually pretty good i don't believe you no actually it wasn't that bad i mean it, it was for what it was you know like it, was it is at least as okay as the resident evil movies uh yeah i'd say so okay. i mean I, I liked it it audience review was like 75 or 80 yeah. on rotten tomatoes uh, critic reviews were terrible but i thought it was pretty decent you know for what it was would you watch it on uh we went to the theater Oh, really? Yeah. Theaters are open. Just, like, limited capacities. There was only, like, six people in the whole theater. Yeah. So, like, we grabbed some lunch. We sat back at Harkins and watched a movie and went and ate somewhere else. But, uh, no, we had a good time watching that one. And um, I had really low expectations going in. So, the fact that I had super low expectations, you know. Well, you don't really have any experience with the Monster Hunter franchise. Uh, a little bit. I have a little bit because of the PSP and such when it was on there. Oh, okay. So, I played a little bit of that when um, when my brother had it when we both had PSPs. So I have a little familiarity, at least with the overall concept and what to expect and such. So what kind of got me was the whole like army brats and the guns and all of that and being brought into the monster hunter world and all of, like, that's kind of what was like, what the hell? But I could see why they did it to kind of bridge the two worlds and yeah. have it as like an entry. And it's from, I guess to spoil it for people, it does feel like there will be a monster hunter two movie based on the end. Well, credits. I mean, there was like, eight resident evil movies or something yeah but i mean if this didn't do well then why would they do it you know like why why make another one so it's kind of like the old aragon movies right like those were just flipping horrible or the old aragon movie it was so bad There's, they closed it like it would have had a sequel but it wasn't good enough to warrant a sequel so i think this was good enough to warrant a sequel and okay. I, I think it would take more along the lines of like not the whole military thing, but go deeper into like the actual Monster Hunter world if they do a sequel on this, just based on how it ended. Uh, but that being said, the new Mortal Kombat trailer is out. I'm sure we have both seen the original Mortal Kombat movies when oh, we were younger. Dude, I love the Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah, and you know what? This looked pretty sick, dude. Like, I'm totally stoked to see a, a modern... Do you remember like the online like fan... like? I, I don't even know if oh, fans know the right what you're talking word. about. Like, it they was... were like gritty, yep. like looking mm -hmm. fake trailers for like independent yeah. films or something, and they look so creepy. And it was each each uh, person. So you had one for Reptile, one for Scorpion, and the different characters. Yeah, right? yeah. I rem dude, that was badass. Those I were dope. That. This yeah, kind of reminds me of that sort of. Yeah, I was actually when that came out, um, God, years ago, man. That's a blast from the past. I was hoping they would do a Mortal Kombat. Like I was hoping that was a build up to yeah, get a Mortal Kombat movie in play, and it obviously never happened. But well, it did happen. Now eventually, it wasn't the same style. But I kind of look at that like, do you remember the old uh, the live action Pokemon trailer that somebody had made years ago? 
Oh man, I gotta show you that. But they had like a live action Pokemon trailer. I want to watch and... Detective Pikachu again. Oh yeah, it was so good. That and Sonic was actually pretty good. I want to watch Sonic again too, but you have to buy it. It's not for stream anywhere that I could find. Oh, Redbox it. It's like a dollar fifty, or two bucks if you want Blu-ray. But yeah, so they had a Pokemon trailer a long time ago, and then of course years later we had Detective Pikachu in our live action film. So. I, you know, obviously these companies see stuff like this and they see something like those old Mortal Kombat trailers and figure, yeah, we should probably do another Mortal Kombat movie. There's well, obviously fans wanting it. Yeah, and of all the video game franchises to ever be adapted to film, Mortal Kombat has got to be one of like the most well-received by the fan base because Mortal Kombat has always had that kind of level where it's like, the, the gore and the cheese of it is part of it, and you can really play on that. And, I mean, even the original games and stuff, they were, like, scans of people. Like, they looked fairly realistic in there, so it wasn't, like, as cartoony as, like, other stuff, and it wasn't as bad as, like, the Street Fighter movie. Like, you could really get away with a lot of stuff. It's a really interesting, like, lore that's going on in Mortal Kombat, but it's not so, like in it's not so crazy like some video games it's very accessible for a regular video going movie going audience to pick up and get in it's like oh they got to fight in a tournament against these people from this other dimension or the world will yeah i get that i'm right there with you and yeah. then kung fu happens yeah so i dude i i liked it and you know you're right like this is super adaptable to the the theater um you know, it's like any other action movie at the end of the day. The Visually only, striking yeah. characters and cool powers and stuff. Like, because for the most part, it's like, you know, you, you everybody likes a good fight movie. But then you've also got like a little bit of magic and a little bit of mystery and some ninjas and some dragons. And oh, who's this big dude with forearms? Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I really do think that, you know, this is generally going to be hopefully a good film. Uh, and I think the Mortal Kombat tag is, it is what it is, right? It's a Mortal Kombat tag onto what should be a good action type film. And Man. I, I, dude, I've been okay with like, I'm all right with like cheesy action yeah. films nowadays. Like I'll sit back and I'll watch a, an action film that has like a 60 out of a hundred review and still enjoy it. Right. So if this at least hammers home some of those key action film elements and I get my Mortal Kombat nostalgia out of it. Dude, that's going to be awesome. It w there were some really cool scenes in here, too. So this article that we've got here basically goes over, like, some of the highlight scenes. Like, when Jax takes the shotgun and Sub-Zero grabs it and freezes. Like, and you can see, like, all the shotgun pellets frozen coming out. And then Sub-Zero grabs his arms and freezes his arms off. Or uh, when he's fighting Scorpion and he, like slashes him with his ice sword and then catches his blood in the air, turns it into a dagger and stabs him with his own blood. Dude, it's going to be sick. Has that been a move in a game? Because if not, what? How did they not think about that yet? I, I don't know, but uh, I haven't played a Mortal Kombat since like Deception, to be honest. Like I haven't bought into a new one in years. Oh, the This made me want to, though. Like I, I want to go into that and play some, some Mortal Kombat now. The one that they did that like retold all the story from uh like the Xbox 360, it was like Mortal Kombat. It was just called like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I think it was the one before Mortal Kombat 10. That one was awesome. I played through all of that one. Yeah, uh, end of the day, dude, I, I'm stoked. Yep. Uh, you know, let us know on social media your thoughts on it, too. And, of course, this is going to be something people are talking about for quite a while, even into the film's release. Uh, but that said, man, let's get into our inflation, deflation of the week. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Of course, I mispronounced that initially. Uh, what is it? It says, uh, I can't, dude, I can't read it from here. My glasses are so bad. Sumongo? Yeah, so developer, developer Sumongo, publisher, Annapurna Game, or Annapurna Interactive. And then Simon Flesser is the uh, director. Uh, released in September of 2019, and it is a rhythm action type game with reception around an 8. Uh, as I said earlier, you can get this on via Apple Arcade as well, and then it's on PS4, Switch, and it might be on Xbox, I'm not sure. Xbox and PC, yeah, Xbox, it's on, yeah. It's on it's pretty on much iOS, it's everywhere you want to play. It originally launched on, I thought it originally launched on Apple Arcade as an exclusive, but it shows all of these as having a similar release time, so I don't know, but 
that's where I originally played it back when we did our uh, Vectrix versus Apple Arcade episode. One of our best episodes. Go check that episode out. That was a lot of fun. We gotta uh, play the Vectrix again. I should buy. You know what I should do? I should buy the uh, get all the overlays. I need the, no. I need a multi cart. Oh yeah. I should buy a multi cart so yeah. we can play some more. I met somebody that had a Vectrix. Oh nice. Yeah, a few months ago. Nice. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so anyway, Sayonara Wild Hearts. It is a. It's almost like a runner game where you're just constantly moving forward and all you have to do is kind of weave in and out around stuff. There are some parts where you have to do some like quick time uh, rhythm, but it's only one button. It's a very, it's a very just kill time on your phone kind of game, but it's got kind of a story and it's got like its own soundtrack. It's very much about the soundtrack and the visuals and how they go together and telling a story. It's, uh, it's a game that, was supposed to be very stylish and very there to push people towards Apple Arcade from what I can remember. I thought it was like kind of whatever when I played it. I thought that this was fine when we played it. I think that it's not an offensive game, but I don't know that it's worth anywhere remotely close to money like what you paid for it. No. I mean, I'd have to really sit down and get a lot of time out of this to even put this remotely worth what it's going for. So I would echo every single statement you made. I think it's a visually stunning game and it has some fantastic music in it. But and at this the end isn't of the day, a limited release, is it? No, it's not a limited release. It came in through what is I am eight bit, I think. So it's through Best Buy. You can buy it there at any point. Um, you know, this was 30 bucks is what I think I paid for it back when it came out and it's totally not worth it. Yeah. You know, it for what was originally like a release on a subscription service for a mobile platform. Yeah. And, and like, even while we were playing, dude, like the first thing I told you is like, this doesn't feel right for a console game. Like all I'm doing is moving my joy con left and right, probably causing further drift concerns, you know, down the road because I'm using it. And, you know, you're jumping every now and then and pressing, like, one button. Like, it's a two-button game for the most part. And I could totally get this in just a mobile platform and have fun playing it on there as, like, a time killer. It is by no means, you know, I don't even know why it's a reception of an eight, to be honest. Like, I'd put it more like a five or six. I mean, probably because it does what it is yeah, well it's, enough. It's, but it's just not that good dude like you're collecting hearts and going through a straight line and you have this visual story like we probably played through half the game and just a sit down like the game it only takes you about an hour and a half to go through it yeah you know is an hour and a half worth 30 and that's kind of how i break things down right so is an hour and a half worth 30 dollars mm, i no. mean it it depends on the game like if it was a really awesome hour and a half but this is just kind of a laid back whatever you could be having way more fun doing something else this yeah and this should have been a digital only release for ten dollars this is what this should have been. Well, it, it was less than that originally because it was a part of a. Yeah. Now, like at, I'm going to look it up right now, actually. At most, I think digital release, $10. It did not deserve a uh, hard copy version. I don't know why I bought this. I think I just bought it on a whim because I saw it. Uh, you know, but it's just not worth it, dude. So for me, I would say that this game, this might be the first game that we've rated from like a current or last gen console, I guess you should say that I would say is straight inflated like and heavily inflated in price right now. It's just not worth it. So in my opinion, if you were looking to get a hard copy game of this to complete a switch collection or, you know, obviously have another switch game to play. Yeah. So, I would wait for a bargain bit on this one. Yeah. So it's part of Apple arcade still, which is four 99 a month along with all the other games on there. So for this to be an independent release for a set dollar amount, just to have a physical copy of it, it it's yeah, it's, it's one of those things where some games get a physical release. Like a couple of weeks ago, Scott Pilgrim came out. That game has like a bunch of stuff going on with it. And it was like the poster child for games that were released digitally that like are gone from digital stores and we may never be able to get this game again getting a physical release buy it for that reason that's a good reason to buy that game like this game i don't think anybody's really gonna miss it that much if it ever goes away no i agree with you and uh you know that's that they try to get you is. at being like a preservationist 
but I don't think that this game is really like, I mean, that would be like, do we need like a phys, oh God, I hate to say it, but like a physical version of Flappy Bird would probably be worth like thousands of dollars. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> but like, do we need like a physical Angry Birds? Uh, Probably not, but I think they do I'm have I'm sure one. they have it for yeah, DS or they, something. No, PS3 I think has a uh, Angry Birds hard version. Yeah, but it's in not fact, thirty dollars. In fact, I'm pretty sure. Well, who knows, man? Nowadays, they'll put anything at thirty bucks at release. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, and I think at the end of the day, you know, we're both right in this aspect of you could probably get an Apple subscription right now, play this game for five bucks, and be done with it, and then play other stuff that's better. Yeah, and you know, I hate to come down on developer Samongo. Like, you made a beautiful game. The music is very lovely. I I don't have an issue with the game. I just have an issue with this type of release. Yeah. For the game. I do too. So brass tacks, completed box. Did you already do this? Nope, nope. Go on. Okay. I mean I said thirty bucks, but yeah. yeah. Uh completed box twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, peaked at wait. Forty five dollars you said back in April of twenty twenty. Wait, what? That's what you said. Oh, it's currently twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, regardless, $29.99 new and complete in box. You can pick this up at a Best Buy pretty easily. Ryan has it peaking at $45. Um, I don't know if that's right because I think it released at $30. Uh, and um, loose right now, it's sitting at $25.32 is what we got it at. Yeah, yeah, you got the right price. So, $25.32 loose. And that peaked at $39.13 back in April 2019. And that is trending at a steady price so point. So, this released for more... Or it was just selling higher than... I think it was selling higher like on eBay and stuff at the time. Because I picked it up for like 30 and that was at a discount. Okay. Sometimes what... price charting is weird. Especially with like... We always have a weird time with price charting with modern releases. Because it's always the older releases that you have this nice beautiful graph of the history of the pricing. This has been out for a year, a year and, and a half. half yeah. So it's like not a lot going on with it. Yeah. But yeah, um, end of the day, uh, I'm on inflated. You're on inflated. Yeah. If you game... really, really need to own it, buy it loose on PS4 for 1948, I guess. Yeah, or just digital. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So we'll see what we play next week. I'm thinking we might play some Splatoon. We'll see. Uh, we'll maybe give that a shot. But that being said, man, this has been episode... 120 of the Game of Flitters podcast. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.